the second letter to the Corinthians, we entreat you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, that in him we might become the righteousness of God. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Have you ever wondered what it would be like to lose everything? What if we have to have everything stripped away as men and women? As Christians, knowing how God has created us, it seems that there would be nothing left but a soul. And even that soul can be taken away. If we read about the way that we are created, even our soul is created by God. What is it that is left when there is nothing? One answer is God the Creator and His grace, that is, His loving kindness toward His creation. That's what's left, God and His kindness toward us. If this is true, and we believe that it is, then we are absolutely nothing without God. And we would not exist without him and his loving grace. We are hit with this once again each time we come to Ash Wednesday. There is this sobering reminder that without God, we are nothing. We would not even exist. The church by her teaching of the truth, conveyed by her liturgical calendar, purposely has these words fall on our ears every last Wednesday, every Ash Wednesday. Remember, O man, that dust thou art, and unto dust shalt thou return. We are then marked with ashes, a form of dust, and the ashes are administered in the form of a cross on our forehead. The same sign, a cross on the forehead, with which we are marked at our baptism. The very cross that gives us life when we're restored at baptism is the same sign with ashes that's the reminder that we are going to die. We came from the dust and we will return to dust and ashes. All we have at the end of the day is God, his grace, and his love toward us. We need this reminder in the course of our lives as we make another trip around the sun, our memories can be dimmed. We may lose sight of our beginning and we may lose sight of the very reason that we exist. Acts and thoughts may have accumulated so that we diminish or we even block God's love and his kindness toward us. Our memories are dimmed by our sins and our sins warp our memories of the love of God who created us, who loves us and forgives us. We can lose sight of who we are and whose we are. 
Knowing we need a recollection of our need for God's grace and love, the church has seen fit to give us this season of Lent. It's a period we can use to clear our hearts and minds of the blurred or dimmed or blocked spiritual sight accumulated in the course of our earthly lives. So our season of Lent can be used for penitence and preparation. It's the practice of the church to have us examine our lives and set aside some of the things that we do not truly need. We are asked to focus on the things that are needful, God's grace. By using these Lenten practices of abstaining from unnecessary foods or reducing the amount of food or giving up the time for our activities and filling that time with prayer and Bible study or spiritual reading, we're not creating grace by doing that. We are placing ourselves in a better position to receive God's grace. Again, there are times when we can be distracted from our focus on God and what he's done for us. We set aside the distractions and bring the clarity of a life directed toward God to bear on our own lives. As we pray in the collect for today, create and make in us new and contrite hearts. Again, we're not generating God's grace for ourselves. These Lenten fasts and disciplines we take on are not efficacious themselves, but they do put our hearts and our minds and our bodies in a focused attitude to receive God's grace. Of course, with a penitent heart, we will want to take part in the sacrament of confession in the course of Lent and Holy Week, in which case we will have confidence in the sacrament to impart the sure and certain effect to have our sins forgiven. That's a sure sign, an act of God's grace. We can certainly have our prayer answered to have God create and make in us new and contrite hearts. We have the gift of the church given to us all year long in the way of God's grace of righteousness. The benefit of God's loving grace through the work of Jesus' death on the cross by which we have the forgiveness of sins. We have God's great love toward us of everlasting life by being joined to his son Jesus in his resurrection of the dead. These are the greatest gifts that are ours by following Christ, all brought to us by God's grace of righteousness. We are brought back to him. Jesus teaches this in his Sermon on the Mount. We heard part of it in the Gospel reading. He's using a sermon illustration, like all, all good preachers do, to have us become, as he says, perfect, just as your Father in heaven is perfect. Jesus teaches the way to use practices properly in order to be on the way of righteousness. 
the practices he inherited, and they're passed on to us. His practices are prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. Now we have this Holy Lenten season to perform these and other practices with Jesus. Remember, Jesus fasted 40 days while he was being tempted by the devil. Jesus explained in his sermon the prayer to use that began, Our Father, who art in heaven. He showed us the proper attitude of giving toward others that would benefit benefit us on the way to righteousness. Now we have the opportunity to use this time to focus on the condition of our souls. Come with the rest of the church and respond to God's gift of grace to inform and reform the condition of your soul. We have the next 40 days. At the end of that 40 days, walk with Jesus with your new and contrite heart. Walk with him through his triumphal entry into Jerusalem. Join him as he gives his church the gift of his body and blood on Maundy Thursday. Be with him at the foot of the cross where he sanctified suffering and overcame death. Be truly renewed and give high praise for the highest gift of life and the purpose of our lives on Easter Day. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen.